الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وحده لا شريك له ولا نظير له ولا ند له ولا ضد له ولا مثل له ولا مثال له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لمسجد أسس على التقوى من أول يوم أحق أن تقوم فيه فيه رجال يحبون أن يتطهروا والله يحب المطهرين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان وعن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عشر من الفطرة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الله تبارك وتعالى we have completed the month of Safar and we have entered into the month of Rabi'ul Awwal. Rabi'ul Awwal normally is the month wherein we think and we remember of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And for a Muslim, every moment of a Muslim's life, he should think about how I can become closer to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How can I get closer to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? How can I follow him in every sunnah of his? In this hadith which I've recited at the beginning, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she explains and she says, once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, Asharun min al-fitrah, there are ten things, ten things, the word fitrah, ten things from fitrah. The word fitrah as explained by the ulama kiram is, there are ten things which were practiced by all the anbiya alayhi salam of the past, from Hazrat Adam alayhi salam right to Hazrat Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In other words, these ten things which are mentioned in this hadith are the sunnats of all the anbiya alayhi salam, including Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So a person who practices on these 10 things which are mentioned in this hadith, he is actually practicing on the sunnats of all Anbiya Allah give us the tawfiq inshallah, that we can discuss it, understand it, and practice it, and bring it into our lives inshallah. So that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, discussing this thing, she says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa one day sat with us and explained to us that there were 10 things, 10 things which all the Anbiya Allah had practiced, and discussing it, she says, the first thing that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned is, qassu sharib, to trim the mustache. And the second thing, i'afa'u lihya, to grow the beard. So this is the first two things that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned was the practice of all the anbiya alayhi wa that the person shouldn't grow a very big, thick mustache. 
And a person shouldn't remove and shave his beard. On one occasion, Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Medina Munawwara, and there were two messengers that came from Persia to meet with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when they came to meet with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they came in this condition that they had very big thick mustaches, and their beards were completely shaven off. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he saw their faces, he turned his Mubarak face away from them, and he asked him, where did you learn to do something like this? That to keep such a big mustache and to shave your beard. So they said, our Rab Kisra, who is the emperor of Persia, he has taught us to do this. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned, my Rab who is Allah, he has taught me that I must trim the mustache and I must grow the beard. Hence we find that this was a practice of all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. That every Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he grew a beard, a full first beard. And he would remove and he would trim the mustache. The other day in the madrasa, we were busy testing, teaching the children how to make wudu. And one of the sunnats of wudu is to make khilal of the beard. So the children now, obviously they are not of age, so none of them have any beard. So they're asking, one of us, we also make khilal of the beard. We've got no beard. So they were amused with this, how to make the khilal of the beard. You take the water in your hand and you put it through your beard. So then I just explained to them, now you don't have a beard, but one day when you get big, inshallah, you must keep a beard. One child stood up, he said, Mama, inshallah, when I get big, I will keep my beard, inshallah. Is that jazbah? Now that's, we see also the importance of us sending our children to madrasa in the afternoon to send our children to madrasa, that they learn what is correct, they learn the sunnats of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and they learn how to grow up as good Muslims. So this child is so enthusiastic, inshallah when I grow up, manana, I'm going to keep my beard. Allah give us the tawfiq. One friend of mine is from Johannesburg, he was telling me that he was studying in Marlborough where Malana Yunus Daya sahab rahmatullah in the maktab. Now when he finished grade 7, grade 8, and he started going to high school, then he left madrasa, and then as he was getting, as he came into his matzik here, sometimes it happens when you start, when you're your youth, when you reach the peak of your youth, sometimes you go a little bit, a little bit off. In Urdu they say, Jawani Diwani. Jawani Diwani. Get a little bit, you reach that age and thinking goes a little bit off. In Arabic they say, Ashababu Shu'batum min al-Junoon. Ashababu Shu'batum min al-Junoon. Youngster reaches a certain age and he has to keep like a punk hairstyle, shave his beard, start dressing up, etc. So he says, I happened to meet my Ustad, I was in Mexico now, he taught me in Maktab, and beard is completely shaven off, completely shaven off. So you see, he met me, he greeted me, and he told me, hey, Muhammad, what happened to you? Why are you taking out your beard? He said, I was feeling so upset now, my Ustad is standing in front of me. So then he said, he told me something, Ustad told me something, he told me, Muhammad, remember, you're keeping, you're taking off your beard, but you must remember, if you keep your beard, if you keep your beard, then this is such an amal, it is such a sunnah, where every second of the day, you are being credited with sawab and reward if you keep your beard. Every second of the day, you're being credited with sawab and reward for keeping your beard. You're sleeping also, you're getting sawab. You're in the toilet also, you're getting sawab because of this beard that you are keeping. But on the other hand, if you're shaving your beard off, Allah forbid you in your namaz also, you're getting guna. For this, for this sin of shaving off the beard, until a person makes toba, you say, that shook me up so much. It shook me up so I made toba to Allah. I said, from that day, inshallah, I'm keeping my beard. I'm going to keep my beard no matter what it is. You see, Alhamdulillah, from that day onwards, I still like keeping my beard. Allah give us tawfiq. We all make intention, inshallah, we try and keep the Hazrat. Haji Azizul Hassan Madzub, rahmatullahi was a very senior khalifa of Hazrat Manashaf Ali Thanwi, rahmatullahi Hazrat Haji Asaf, rahmatullahi Somebody asked him, on the day of Qiyamah, if Allah has to ask you, what deed of yours you brought and came? What good deed of yours you brought and came? He said, I thought for a moment, he said, I just held my beard. I held my beard and I'll say, I'll say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Tere mehbubaki ya Rabb, 
Shabahat leke aya hu. I came with this sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, representing your beloved. Ya Allah, I came with this, this sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I brought it. Allah give us the tawfiq. So this hadith says, the first thing is, qasr sharif person, he trims his mustache. Number two, i'afa'u lihya he grows his beard. The third, third thing is, al-madh-madh, that a person gargles his mouth. The fourth thing, al-istinshaq, that he put, cleans his nose with water. Here again we look at these two sunnats, gargling the mouth and cleaning the nose. Such a beautiful sunnat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all the Anbiya alayhi salam. In wudu, every wudu we make, we gargle our mouths and we clean our nose. In wudu this is sunnah. In ghusal this is faraz. In ghusal this is faraz. To gargle the mouth and to clean the nose is faraz in ghusal. If a person is making a faraz ghusal, he has to gargle his mouth and clean his nose. Such beauty, and then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us when making wudu, then you gargle the mouth twice, and the third gargle, you put your head backwards, and you, what in Urdu is called gargara, a person he gargles thoroughly right till the water reaches the back of his throat, and then he spits, whatever dirt remains in here, the back of the throat is also cleaned out. Now how beautiful, a person can just admire our deen, the beautiful sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to what detail Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, Personal hygiene. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us taharat and cleanliness. The hadith sharif says, At-tuhuru shatrul iman. That this taharat and cleanliness is half of our iman. A person brings this, he's brought half his iman is correct, half his iman is in order if he's brought this in place. So gargling them out, cleaning the nose. Such a beautiful thing. I remember a few years ago during the COVID period, we were going in Jamaat to Cape Town, to in the Markaz, in the Shabguzari, Mawlana Muhammad Jinasab from Kimberley was giving one bayan. He was just mentioning there in the bayan of his, he said one masjid I went into, Mawlana is saying one masjid I went inside, so I saw at the entrance of the masjid, they had there eight steps for washing hands, eight steps, eight steps for washing hands, how a person must wash his hands, so like this, like this, this way, that way, then this way, so eight different steps for washing hands. So Mawlana is saying, I'm thinking to myself, do we have to teach a Muslim how to wash his hands? Do we have to teach a Muslim how to wash his hands? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, you wake up in the morning, first thing you do, you wash your hands. When we're making wudu, five times a day before we start our wudu, we're washing our hands three times. Three times before we start our wudu. That's besides washing the hand again after that in the wudu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, you go to the toilet, you come out of the toilet, you wash your hands again. You wash your hands again when you... Kufar even haven't even discovered this as yet. That when you go to the toilet and you come out, you must wash your hands. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us, you're sitting down to eat, you're sitting down to eat, you wash your hands before eating, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. Before eating, wash your hands, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. Look at the detail, detail of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One can only marvel, one can only marvel and read durood upon Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to what detail Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us cleanliness. We don't have to have uh, a situation in our minds where we feel that now we are down, we don't know, we need to learn from the kuffar. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us everything, everything that a Muslim needs to learn, he will find it in our deen. So beautiful it is, here Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is explaining, gargling the mouth, cleaning the nose. In wudu it's sunnah, in, in, in ghusal it's faraz. After eating, gargle your mouth again. So much of detail. And the fifth thing that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains, which was the sunnah of all the anbiya alayhi wa sallam, is as-siwak. The usage of the miswak. That the person uses the miswak. 
In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, As-siwaku mitharatun lil-fami, maradatun lil-rabbi. The miswak, it's a means of cleaning your mouth. And it's a means of making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. A person wants to make Allah happy. Every Muslim, who doesn't want to please Allah? Every Muslim wants to please Allah. Every Muslim wants to make Allah happy. Ya Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, easy way for you to make Allah happy, use a miswak. The usage of the miswak is a means of making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that person who when he's making wudu, he uses the miswak. He uses the miswak. And then he reads his namaz. His salah is now multiplied by 70. 70 times more sawab and reward he gets for performing his salah if he used the miswak. As compared to that person who didn't use the miswak at the time of wudu. Now we can imagine if it's end of the month and the boss has to come and offer you your salary. And he brings two packets in his hand. In one hand is a thousand rand, in one hand is seventy thousand rand. And he says, it's your choice, you choose which one you want. We'll jump and we'll grab the seventy thousand rand. Because the value of rands and cents is in our hearts. Wallah, if the value of sawab and reward is in our hearts, we'll never make one wudu without using the miswak. We'll never make one wudu without using the miswak. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that person who is particular about using the miswak, that person who is particular about using the miswak, Allah will make him read the kalima at the time of his death. Allah will make him read the kalima at the time of his death because of him using the miswak. Every Muslim, we should try our utmost that we must keep two miswaks with us. One miswak in our pockets wherever we go. So at the time of wudu, we can just take it out and make our miswak. And one miswak, keep it at home at the place where we're making wudu. So that we can remember to use the miswak when we're making wudu. Alhamdulillah, miswaks are easily available. And remember the miswak is a sunnah for men, it's a sunnah for women. It's a sunnah for children, not only for men. Sometimes the men are using, the women are not using it at home. Every Muslim must use the miswak. And you must earn that special sawab and that special reward of Allah wa ta'ala. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says that the very last amal of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before he passed away was the using of the miswak. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha and he told Aisha, get for me one miswak. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha says, I got the miswak got it ready, I softened it in my mouth, softened it and I gave it to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And there Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made the miswak. And that was the last thing he did before he passed away was the usage of the miswak. So Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we can also try and make amal on this. Use the miswak regularly as far as possible. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha says that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa once mentioned to her, Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salam, he's insisting on me, he's insisting on me, he's insisting on me that I must use the miswak, I must use them so much, he's insisting that now I feel very soon this usage of the miswak will become faraz on my ummah. It will become faraz on my ummah. So, so much he's insisting. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu says, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is to wake up in the morning, the first thing he'll do is he'll make miswak. Before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will sleep, he will make miswak. After eating, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will make miswak. Before he enters the house, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will be making the miswak. We can imagine, we can imagine what a fragrance must be coming out of the Mubarak mouth of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at all times, at all times. But then what was the need for him to use the miswak? It was to teach us, his ummah, that use the miswak so that your mouth remains clean all the time. Your mouth remains clean all the time. The aspect of oral hygiene, that a person's mouth is clean, is not smelling. Hazrat Aisha says, before entering the house, 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will make them miswak. Many a times you'll find, many a times you'll find in the jamiyat, sometimes when there is a marital case and there's a problem, and the wife is writing her issues down. One of the things she'll write there is, tell my husband he must get his bread sorted out. Get his bread sorted out. Mouth is smelling, mouth is stinky. He's not getting his bread sorted out. Comes home, he's got a foul smell coming out of his mouth. Yeah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us, use a miswak. A person is using, is keeping his mouth clean, brushing his teeth. As if you've got one set of teeth only, we have to look after it correctly. It keeps us right through till the end of our lives, inshallah. So you look after it, the miswak again. What a great sunnah from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So these are five, five things that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had mentioned with regards to fitra, asharun min al-fitra. The sixth thing that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had discussed with regards to this Sunnah of all Anbiya alayhi wasalam is qalmul asfar, to clip the nails, to clip the nails. The fingernails, the toenails should be kept short, it shouldn't be kept long. Because if a person keeps very, very long nails, then many a times you'll find that there will be dirt that will be accumulating under the nails. And then if he's going to be eating food with that dirt, with that bacteria, with that germs under his nails and he's eating, obviously this is going to cause harm and it's going to cause hurt to his body. So here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa explains that a person should clip his nails. And the time... The time to clip the nails is, the sunnah time to clip the nails is on a Jummah. On a Friday, before the Jummah Salah. So any time from Thursday night, till before the Jummah Salah is a sunnah time to clip the nails. The fingernails and the toenails. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam discouraged us from keeping nails very long. To this extent, that if a person hasn't cut his nails for a period of 40 days, the person will be, gunehgar, he'll be sinful for keeping so long nails. Nowadays, it's become a fashion. It's become a fashion. Women want to keep very, very long nails. Long, long nails. They want to walk around keep. This is against the sunnah. It's against the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa It must be kept short and it must be kept neat and clean. And the nails will be... Further to this, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has taught us that after you clip your nails, after you clip your nails, the nails mustn't be thrown in the bin. It mustn't be thrown in the toilet or down the drain. It must be buried in the ground. So this our ulama kiram teach us that maybe it might be difficult for you every week to be digging a hole in the ground and digging and burying it. So have one dedicated container in the house where everybody is keeping the hair and nails inside that container. And every few months, when you've got a chance, you're digging a hole and you're burying it. So this is all in keeping with the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa A person doesn't take it and throw it. Why? It's part of our body. It's part of our body. And like a person, when he passes away, his body is taken and buried respectfully in the ground. It's obviously not taken and thrown in a dustbin or thrown in a drain. He's buried decently in the ground. So similarly, the nails, hair, etc., it must be buried in the ground. That's number six. Number seven and number eight, what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is discussing with regards to fitra, is the hair under the arms and the hair around the private areas. This also must be cut. It must be removed. And it mustn't be kept long and dirty. Here again, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that a person who keeps it for a period of 40 days without cutting it, without shaving it, without removing it, and such a person will be sinful, and such a person will be gunahgar, he'll be sinful for keeping it for so long. So every week or every second week, a person should try and remove all this hair that grows around under the armpits, etc., around the private areas, so that is kept neat and clean again. Here, we see how beautiful the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is with regards to this personal hygiene and keeping ourselves clean. Sometimes you'll find that a kafir, he is picking on a Muslim on his beard. He's saying how dirty it is, you're keeping on beard on your face. Yet this beard of ours is washed five times a day at the time of wudu. And it's kept neat and clean. 
And sometimes under the, their arms, they're keeping two fish beards. Two fish beards, they were now removing that thing. And so filthy and dirty, that is, that is causing an odor in the body. And a smell is emanating from there. Here Rasulullah sallallahu is teaching us that it should be removed. And once it's removed, and it keeps the body nice and Number nine, the ninth sunnah which Rasulullah sallallahu explains is, غَسْلُ barajim. That a person, he takes ghusl, he takes a bath. And here when he's speaking about taking a bath, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the early days in Medina Munawwara when people used to come for the Jummah Salah when people used to come for the Jummah Salah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had a very simple masjid Masjid Nabawi ala sahibiha salatu wa taslim was a very very simple masjid the roof was very low there wasn't much ventilation a lot of windows etc and you would find a lot of people walking from the villages etc coming to the masjid on a Friday for the Jummah Salah these were people who used to work with animals people who used to work in the and they would be working from the morning in the sun, they would come to the masjid, and at times you will get a stench and you will get the smell of the odor that is emanating from the bodies in the masjid during the time of Jummah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who cleanliness, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam could not take this, that there are people who are coming into the masjid, and they're not having a bath on a Friday, and as a result the masjid is smelling because of this. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made it compulsory that on a Friday it is first for every person to have a bath and come to the masjid. That if any person wants to come for the Jummah, he has to compulsory first for him to have a bath and come. So then it became compulsory. People all had to take ghusl and then come to the masjid on a Friday for the Jummah. But later on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa relaxed this law and he made it a sunnah that on a Friday a person should try and take a bath. It's sunnah for him to come to the to take a bath and come to the masjid for the Jummah Salah. Yet we all should try and make amal on the sunnah inshallah that it doesn't have to be just before the Jummah a person takes a bath anytime from Thursday night. Whether it's Thursday night, whether it's Friday morning before he leaves for work, he takes ghusl and he comes to the masjid, inshallah he'll get the sawab and the reward of making amal on the sunnah of taking ghusl and coming. Furthermore in this hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa stresses on this point, barajim which means the sweaty areas. When having a husal, then the sweaty areas under the arms, around the private areas, behind the knees, behind the neck, etc. A person will be even more careful about washing those parts that is washed thoroughly so that there is no odor that is coming out of a person's body and he is bathing regularly. So this was the ninth thing that Nabi Karim wasallam spoke about, which was the sunnah of all the Anbiya wasallam, and, and the Ten thing that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned was intiqasul ma. Intiqasul ma refers to istinja, that when a person goes to the toilet, then he washes himself with water. When Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to Medina Munawwara, then before entering Medina Sharif, he stopped in a place called Quba. And in this place, Quba, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam built the first masjid in the history of Islam. Masjid Quba was built. And in this masjid, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was here in Quba, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala revealed certain ayat, فِيهِ رِجَالُوا يُحِبُّونَ أَيَّتَطَهَّرُوا وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُطَّهِّرِينَ That here in Quba, there are people who love taharat and love cleanliness. And Allah loves those who are clean. Allah loves those who are clean. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very impressed that mashallah the people of Quba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves them. And Allah Ta'ala, imagine Allah Ta'ala has to say, I love you, Allah, I love the people of Clear Estate, I love the people of Masjid Mahmud, Allah make it like that, inshallah. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was very impressed and he called and he asked, what amal of you, what you all are doing, that you'll earn the love of Allah, you'll earn, you'll earn the muhabbat of Allah. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, there's only one thing we are doing, is that when we go toilet, after relieving ourselves, we make a double fold istinja. 
we make a double fold in Istinja where we clean ourselves with sand and we clean ourselves with water. Rasulullah sallallahu was amazed. He said, MashaAllah, this is the thing. This is the thing. Keep up to this practice. This is what has earned you all the love of Allah. This is what has earned you all the love of Allah. This double fold istinja that you are making. We too can make amal and practice on this. We too. Obviously we can't maybe use sand in the toilet. But we can use toilet paper and water. Make a double fold istinja. A person is double show his clean. Or for example, if he feels, you know what, I'm not 100% clean. I still come out of the toilet, walk around a few steps, 3-4 minutes. Go back in the toilet, make a second istinja. Make a second Islam so you double show that you clean. I'm coming in a masjid. I'm going to read the Quran. I mustn't have any form of najasat on my body. I'm totally clean. With this niyat that I'll earn the muhabbat and the love of Allah. With this amal of Islam. Imagine how beautiful our deen is again. With the amal of istinja, you can earn the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again here, very important this 10 things. With regards to istinja also students, children who are attending government schools. Children who are attending government schools and there is no facility for water in the toilets. Then we as Muslims, we must make our own facility. Take a bottle, fill it up with water, go in the toilet, make your istinja. Even if it means that we must take our water and go into the toilet. It's so unique. This amal of istinja is so unique that there are hundreds of examples, hundreds of examples of people who accepted Islam just because of learning about istinja. That they saw how beautiful this thing is. That just we wash ourselves in the toilet. This was the thing that led them and prompted them to accept Islam and come into the fold of Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. In this hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has mentioned that these 10 things, these 10 things has been the amal and the sunnah of all the anbiya alayhi salam from Hazrat Adam alayhi salam right until Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa to trim the mustache, to grow the beard, to gargle the mouth, to clean the nose, to use the miswak, to trim the nails, to remove the hair from under the arms, to remove the hair from around the private areas, to have ghusl and to have a bath. And the tenth thing is to make istinja. Allah give us tawfiq inshallah in this Mubarak month of Rabiul Awal, that we all try and at least bring these ten sunnats in our lives. The ten sunnats of all the Anbiya alayhi salam of the past, who knows, this will become a means of us gaining the proximity and the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa akhiru dawana alhamdulillah.